Today on Locked On Canadians, we talk about short king Lane Hudson. He is at it again. What? Who would we hire if we got the opportunity to hire anybody we possibly could want for the Canadians coaching staff and front office? And finally, the news out of Arizona is not good. We talk about that on today's Locked On Canadians. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 847. We thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. As you know, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every day. My name is Lars. I'm also known as The Active Stick, and I'm joined, as always, by the wonderful Scott Matla. We've got a lot to talk about today, but first, Scott, tomorrow is our mailbag episode, is it not? It is, and we know that there is a lot happening around, uh, well, the hockey world, around the Habs world, everything else. And also, if you hear rustling in the background, I apologize. My dog has decided she wants to play with the blinds today. So uh, that is a thing that is currently happening in the background. So my apologies on that noise. But we have so much to talk to in this episode. So we're going to we're gonna get on with it here a little bit. But first, we're going to tell you to send us your mailbag questions. You can leave them in the YouTube comments. You can tweet them at LO underscore Canadians. Or you can email them at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. Please, please, please send us your email, your mailback questions we've gotten a couple fun trade ones already that we can't wait to talk about tomorrow but before we get into that short king spring is on us once again and lane hudson has i mean i know that there's a lot of people that you know watch nhl hockey that kind of look down on the iihf worlds but i gotta say that's the perfect stage for somebody like lane hudson at this stage of his career to perform and boy did he do it earlier today yeah i'm i'm looking actually at his uh world championship stats he's already matched his production from world juniors in a tournament against men and his goal today against austria and yes it's austria it's not canada it's not sweet i don't care he's a he's a literal child doing what he's doing out here and i think it was jared book who put on twitter Ah, well, he's dominating the USHL. He's not going to do that in the NCAA. Ah, well, he's dominating the NCAA. He's not going to do that on the international stage. Stop stop betting against Lane Hudson because it just makes you look stupid at this point. And yeah, again, there's a long development path here still. Lane Hudson and Sean Farrell thriving the way they have on Team USA. And I say thriving in the... Most same way possible. Lane Hudson's second on the team in scoring in this tournament. Sean Farrell has two points in four games. I can't help but be impressed by Lane Hudson. He's not playing a ton. He's playing third pairing minutes. For some reason, they're like, Tyler Clevin needs to play second pairing minutes in this tournament. I don't get it, but I'm not a USA hockey coach. It's hard to not be really impressed with Lane Hudson at this point. And all the scouting people looking at this and going, it's all the things you want to see from a future potential top pairing defenseman. He's got all he's got all those qualities, and he's not afraid to use them. He went the, his goal today. Hattie Kalakash has it on his Twitter. Highly recommend you go look for it. it. It's just it's everything the Canadians want, 
in a next generation defenseman? I think a couple of things that I want to kind of talk about a little bit is that when Lane Hudson was drafted, obviously we were very excited about it. He's one of those people that, you know, fell due to his size. The question marks are all based on his size, right? And obviously what we wanted to see from him was demonstration of a skill. He had a phenomenal year in the NCAA and we want to be really careful about penciling him into the lineup too early because we do think that the Canadians are going to be patient with him. They've, proven that they want to be patient with a lot of people as impatient as we are as fans to see these guys on the ice I feel like Lane Hudson is one of those players that even though he is definitely making noise at this level he's performing at uh, on the world championship level world championship level after the year that he had in NCAA I think it's still one of those things where everybody's going to be realistic about this because if you want him to reach that immense high ceiling, that potential that he has, the reason that you drafted him despite his size, you want him to be able to continue to hone in his skills, right? Like that's what he brings to the table. He brings talent. He brings skill. He brings hockey smart. He brings like this speed, this wiliness, this, this aggressive, uh, this aggressive but graceful play, which is really interesting. Like when you're watching him play, I think it's it, it's a really fun juxtaposition of those two styles of play. And I think he is getting a great amount of experience on the world stage. I think that he's going to be in college for a little bit while longer. And I also think that the Canadians aren't going to rush him by any means. But if you are the Canadians for an office and you are looking at the year that he has had, you're looking at the work that he's done. <laughs> you're looking at the injuries that he may or may not have added. <laughs> we don't know, uh, but reportedly he's gotten taller. Um, when you're looking at that, when you're looking at the way that he's playing, everything is telling you this was a good choice because this guy's ceiling is NHL. It's not, you know, AHL defenseman. It's not depth defenseman. This guy is a play driver. This guy is somebody who's going to put butts in seats at some point with his line mates, obviously, right? Like you're going to, I'm just trying to imagine just watching him when he's fully um, realized, I guess, realized might be a good word for this. Like when all the potential that we're talking about, all the development that they put into him or all the work that he does on his own, you take all of that, all the experience that he's getting, you combine it, just watching him be on a pairing or, you know, on the rush or on a power play or, 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 you know, you just imagine that, just imagine everything going right. And for me, he himself at this point, like there's things that you can control. There's things that you can't everything that he can control. He's done a phenomenal job of doing the work to this point since he got drafted. And that's the biggest thing about this that I am looking at is he's getting better. And yeah, there is still work to be done. He is not a finished product at this point. And we talked about this when Boston was eliminated in the frozen four, his offensive instincts are better than we anticipated. He's got to work on those other parts of his game. And yeah, this is key experience for Lane Hudson at this tournament because you're playing at a higher pace of speed. You're playing a more physical game. His game is not based on physical or physicality. His game is based on hockey IQ, finding space, finding seams, and using that. And he's proving he can do that. And yeah, there's another whole season of the NCAA ahead of him. And I think... He's somebody who's not going to come in right away and be a top pairing defenseman. I need people to understand that he is talented. There will need to be, there will be a time and a place for that. He is going to unlock, I think, a lot of things for this Canadian's defense 
and that's and that's fine. It's just so good to see him step into this role like Sean Farrell did last year and be that guy. Because we've seen Adam Fantelli's playing at this tournament, Leo Carlson's playing at this tournament, and they're both getting a lot of attention, as they should as draft eligibles. And then you look at what Lane Hudson's doing a year removed from his draft season, where he was too small, he's too tiny, he's not going to grow, and he's second on the on Team USA in points, one point behind the leader. It's really impressive stuff, and he's going to continue to get better here as he as he ages. Kent Hughes, Jeff Gordon, their scouting staff. We we give people flack when they miss on picks. You got to give them their flowers when they, it seems like they found that guy. And right now, it feels like Lane Hudson is that guy, that dude, whatever you want to say. He is kind of a swing for the fences, so let's hope he turns into a home run. Uh, in the meantime, speaking of home runs, we are engaging in a little bit of speculative fun, and we're saying if we could hire anybody that we wanted to for the Canadians front office or coaching staff, who would we hire? And that's all coming up in just one moment here on Locked On Canadians. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Let me tell you about Bird Dogs, right? So we all got shorts, right? I gave mine to my brother-in-law. And he absolutely loves them. These shorts are incredibly stylish and incredibly comfortable. So usually what you got to do is you either sacrifice fashion for comfort or you sacrifice comfort for fashion. And now you don't have to do any of that because you've got bird dogs. It is honestly phenomenal. Every single person that's received a pair has been raving about them. I'm in fact quite jealous. They've got stretchy fabrics. They've got these amazing pockets that like really truly hold everything. They're so convenient. You can use them whether you're doing, you know, gardening or you're going out. You can definitely wear them. They're so versatile. And so you can go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL. And when you enter promo code locked on NHL, they're going to throw in a free bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. I got to admit, I kept the tumbler. I gave him the shorts. I'm keeping the tumbler because it's really cool and you definitely want one. So once again, go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL. And when you enter promo code locked on NHL, they will throw in that free bird dogs tumbler with your order. Check it out. You won't regret it. And I want to thank my co-host for beautifully modeling. It, it, it looked a little bit like deal or no deal a little bit, like the modeling of the, of the Yeti tumbler. It's definitely though, like I, like I said, I kept the tumbler. I was like, you, you ain't getting that. You're getting the shorts, just not the tumbler. <laughs> for those of you who know me, it holds a full 16 ounce energy drink and ice cubes in there. <laughs> to anyone who is listening to this, making sure it is currently empty. So there's nothing in here. You don't got to worry about that. <laughs> It's it's great, and I am very I am very thankful for that. But I, not to derail Laura, who is hosting the show here. But we're I I don't want to steer us off course too far. We're doing speculation time, right? Which is our favorite thing to do because we can just make crap up if we want to because it's our <laughs> show and it's the off season. Um, it's it's not even speculation. Like this isn't informed guessing. This is literally like I was sitting there. And I was on the Metro home and I was like, if I could have anybody I wanted for the Montreal Canadiens front office, who would I hire or coaching staff? Who would I hire? And then I was like, hey, let me put this to my co-host and let's do it on the recording. I think one of the things that I would want for the Montreal Canadiens is one of the best money launderers around. <laughs> um, uh, so I just we're hiring the Arizona Coyotes? We are hiring the Arizona Coyotes. We will talk about the Arizona Coyotes in a second. <laughs> I just, I mean somebody who is so in tune to not only the cap, 
but the NHL regulations, like like inside and out, the rules and everything like that, that they can do circumvention and not have the entire fan base of every other team hate them. Like that's who I want. Who's really smart at cap circumvention or just managing the cap? Like my capologist needs to be smart, think outside the box and really be sly and, 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 and really just understand the intricacies in such a way that they can market inefficiencies where other teams just don't have that kind of intelligence on their staff. And so here's the thing with when it comes to cap, I'd say, yeah, Brandon Pridham, a guy who works in Toronto right now. The thing is, uh, John Sedgwick, who works for the Canadian, has done a pretty damn good job with the cap situation in terms of managing players, getting players signed, moved around, finding loopholes and everything like that. He's done a very good job. When I'm thinking dream hires, the biggest thing is the Canadians need a special teams coach. With all due respect to Alex Burroughs or whoever else is out there, they need a coach who can run the power play. That is no longer a, if they can find it, figure out if Alex Burroughs can do it. It is a necessity for this team. They will not take that next step until they find that coach. And yeah, I could say, ah, just hire whoever's running in Edmonton. Montreal doesn't have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. So I can't just snap my fingers and make that work. But they need to find somebody who can unlock the potential of this Canadian's power play attack, if they can. And I look at soccer here. They have coaches who specifically just coach set pieces, your corner kicks, your free kicks, everything like that. They have coaches specifically for that. And sometimes it turns out great. Sometimes, maybe not so much, but you can absolutely find someone out there. That is the biggest need I'm looking at. And I'm and I'm begging them, find somebody who can make this work. I don't care what team you steal them from because it can't get the power play cannot get worse. Steal somebody who can make this competent. And that is the biggest thing. And if it's the guy from Edmonton, cool. It's the guy from Edmonton. If it's hell, bring Vinny out of the press box and make him do it. I don't care. Just make it work. Failing that, I'd love Julian Brisois as a uh, another piece of the Canadians organization just to get him back at some point after we lost him for nothing years and years and years ago. And he came on to win multiple Stanley cups, but I'm not at all sad and bitter about that. Well, I mean, at some point his time in Tampa has to end, right? (laughs) One day. Right. Uh, I think for me, one of the big things is I want a good special teams coach and particularly a good defensive coach. Now the Canadians roster hasn't been that great. The injuries have been all over the place. The identity doesn't exist. So it's really, really hard to judge Robida on a year of work. I don't think it's fair of us to do it, but I think if you can find the best defensive mind in hockey, you got to get that. Cause I just, find that it's true that defense wins championships you do need your stars you do need your skill there's so many cliches that are true you do need an elite power forward center or like a large you know a a, a good enough center who's who, who can't be pushed around right like you need that you need your top center you need wingers who can score goals and who are in the elite level you need a good defense like defense wins championships you know goaltending can sink your entire playoff run which we've seen over and over again you do need to be tough to play against you don't necessarily need to be punching faces unnecessarily but you need to be tough to play against you need guys who will throw their body around they don't need to necessarily throw fists right throw hands whatever you call it they need to be able to throw their body around. They need to be able to take a kick, a, a, 
a check. Why were you laughing? What did I say? Did I say something like unintentionally dirty? No, because throwing throwing hands is the correct terminology. Throwing fists is not, but it's not technically incorrect. <laughs> but I'm just imagining you walking into a fight being like, I'm going to throw fists with every, anybody who looks at me the wrong way, which is not how that sentence goes. Okay, but, well, I don't get into a lot of fights, Scott, so I don't know. <laughs> that That is what I'm here for. I, I, uh, <laughs> it, that, and the thing is, it's like, I am willing to give Stefan Robidon more time on a team that is not completely busted to hell and back with injuries. It's, there's a lot that I don't want to judge too harshly because the team is rebuilding and also that I want them to get fixed before it's too late and they are in that contending window and burning seasons because then you are scrambling to find replacements. You don't get the pro- maybe the, as uh, as well-mannered vetting as you want of potential people, and that makes a big difference here. And it, I think the biggest thing is, like you said, we need a special teams coach and someone to, you know, find those loopholes, make it easier to manage all these big contracts, especially with the cap going up, players are going to want more money. And it's important that the Canadians don't exceed their boundaries. They might want to, but a smart GM and a smart assistant there are going to look at this and go, this is where we can stop. And I don't mean like an internal salary cap, anything like that, but someone who can be this, the voice of reason in the room be like, yeah, we want this, but long-term let's look at the picture here and avoid becoming you know, a Vegas where they couldn't activate Mark Stone until afterwards. Uh, Toronto, who had to play students as backup goalies to end the season, etc. A hundred percent. And we've come to the point in our show uh, where we do have to discuss something that's big news. Uh, and it's kind of sad news, depending on uh, who you are. And that is the Arizona Coyotes. And that's all coming up in just one moment. But first, this episode is also brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, like we were just talking about, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle, because every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know if the part will fit or you'll get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 120 million parts to choose from, 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride! eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And it's time to talk about the Arizona Coyotes. This is something that we bring up often on the show. A lot of people like to dump on the Coyotes fan base. Uh, I don't think that's fair. I think that the problem is in the ownership. The management the market well the market i we have to say and the nhl's lack of leadership on this so i uh if you don't mind i'm gonna i'm gonna take the dance floor here and be that guy at a wedding who makes a scene for a little bit here and i mean this in the most well-intentioned way enough is enough and it is not that 
I don't, it, this is not a slight at the Arizona Coyotes fan base who have been through nothing but crap for 20 plus years at this point. They've gone through shady ownership. They've gone through a lack of money lockouts and just don't seem to get the help that they need. And this is a fan base that has helped spur a huge junior hockey movement and a growing hockey community in a, in one of the most untraditional markets in hockey in the middle of the desert. Players like Austin Matthews and Matthew Nyes and other players are coming up through these programs and becoming NHL players, ironically, both on the same team here. This deal, it, it should be the end of, of this. And I'm going to call it an experiment. And that is not because I didn't, it's not that I don't want it to succeed. I would love to see every non-traditional market succeed. And we have four in the Stanley Cup final right now. And I think that's great. I think that's really, really important to the game of hockey. That's new fans. That's new markets, new things happening here. Tempe overwhelmingly voted no. And we can talk about how Arizona didn't spend as much on, and by that I mean the ownership for this arena plan, didn't spend as much on advertising to try and outbid the committee against them, who spent so much money saying, no, we don't want this, we don't want this. At what point is it just enough is enough? And right now there's a uh, tweet from Craig Morgan here from Xavier Gutierrez, CEO and president of the Arizona Coyotes to our pack. Well, we are very disappointed. Tempe voters did not approve the proposed entertainment district. We want to thank all our loyal fans who supported the Coyotes over the years. Your loyalty is what makes our pack strong. During the 2023-2024 season, the Arizona Coyotes will play at Mullet Arena. In addition, we remain committed to Arizona and have already started re-engaging with local officials and sites to solidify a new permanent home in the Valley. We look forward to sharing more with you in the coming weeks. Where? What? It's At what point is it, are we just not getting the signs that maybe it just doesn't work as an NHL team here? And it, this isn't me saying moving to Quebec. This is, it's, I feel like we go through this process every couple of years. There's ownership problems. There's arena problems. There's no space there's this, there's this, there's this. At what point is enough enough? And it's, I want it to succeed. But sometimes the overwhelming evidence is it just doesn't. And right now the team is being run like a money laundering operation, which doesn't help anything. You're playing in a college arena. Fine. I get it. You're trying to build a new arena. I understand it. But it it's, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. And here's the thing is, would be fun. Coyotes come out next year and they're one of the best teams in the NHL somehow. I think that'd be fun. But for right now, I just, I don't, I don't have anything to say. My heart goes out to Coyotes fans. I feel awful, awful for all of you. But at a certain point, I'm just kind of like, I, how much longer can you keep this team on life support week into burning this, this team here? Before it's just like, you gotta, you gotta stop. And just read the room and go, the time is now, it's over, it's done with. I think that's the issue there, is that, like, the fans are blameless in this. Like, people like to say, oh, the fans didn't go, the fans didn't go. Well, what was the product on the ice? Like, what were they getting? How much success were they seeing? How far was this arena? It was inconvenient, it was hard to get to, blah, blah, blah. It's not the fans. It's the leadership. It's the lack of leadership. The ownership groups were a mess. They didn't pay their taxes. They didn't pay their bills. Like, there's so much 
of a, a mess there. It's just so messy that any competent leadership would have pulled the plug on this a long time ago. It's literally stubbornness and a, an inability to admit that they're wrong that kept the coyotes there. And it's just not fair on the fans and it's not fair on the team. Like just imagine if it was in a market that was working or if it was a way that was working, just imagine how much, how much money they'd be making. Just imagine like what kind of a destination it would be. And it's, again, it's not, it's not the fault of the players. It's not the fault of the, of the fans. It's the fault of all the leadership involved and a lack of leadership. This is what happens. Even the campaign didn't go well. Apparently they were either outspent. I don't know if they were really outspent, but the opponent's messaging was simply, it was so simple and straightforward. Do not allow billionaires to use your money to build an arena or something like that. Like that was the messaging that was, that was on the opposition side. It won. It was smart. And you have to outthink. You don't necessarily have to outspend. You have to outthink. And so just like for me, like this top to bottom thing, it just it sucks because fans deserve better than this. The league's revenues deserve better than this. They're doing revenue sharing. Everybody deserves better than this. Like, why haven't the other owners and GMs put their foot down, feet down? I don't know how to use that expression when it's multiple people. Put their foot. I get your point, though. And the thing about this is that it's like we're trying to find a solution here. It's like it feels like you're just holding on and hoping for a miracle on this. And at a certain point, I just don't know anymore. It's admittedly I'm not in the market. So I don't know what it's like. Cause I live in downtown Buffalo. I see people in Sabres gear all the time. Is it like that when you go into other cities in Arizona, where you into Phoenix, into Glendale, into Tempe, into Tucson, all these places, I don't know. And I can't attest to what the market's like. I can only tell oh, from what I see on the outside here. And it's like, I, it's, I don't know. If, if I was looking at this, I go, we're going to start putting uh, plans for Houston in place. I don't think, or find a second uh, Ontario, t- third Ontario team. I'd say, sorry, Senators fans, but I'm not. Uh, Quebec City's a pipe dream for a lot of different reasons, but. I, it's just something's got to give here. And it feels like this should have been the breaking point that we are done. This is over with. We are done with this now. It is time to move on to something else. They've tried and they have tried and they have tried. And it just, it hasn't worked. And I, it's not for the fault of the fans. They've tried, but if you don't get a product worth watching, they're not going to show up. And here we are 20 something years later. And all along, the NHL should have done better. That's that's <laughs> all I have to say. Gary Benton being honored for 30 years the day that the Coyotes don't get their own arena vote is just too on the nose for uh, the NHL. But hey, don't worry. We'll have another lockout at some point soon, too. This will not be a Gary Bettman rant. I will save that for the offseason. I promise all of you. And speaking of rants, please send us your mailback questions because we want to talk about them. You can send them to us uh, via email at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. You can tweet them at us, LO underscore Canadians, or you can DM us on Twitter. You can put them in the YouTube comments. Just put mailback question at the beginning of your comment, just so that we know that that's something you want us to bring up on the mailbag. You can find this podcast wherever you get your podcast, as well as on YouTube. Like I said, we're free and available every single day. We're your team. Uh, you'll find Scott on, t- on Twitter at Scott Matla. You'll find me at The Active Stick. You'll also find us on YouTube, uh, which I hope you are watching so that you can see Scott modeling the Yeti Tumblr again. Um, and in the meantime, we are going to thank you so much for listening. And we will be back with our mailbag tomorrow.